If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It sounds, it sounds a lot of fun. Justin Thibodeau, Warhawk Report. Jeremy Harper from HowlRazor.com joins me in New Orleans as we get ready to kick off Sunbelt Conference Media Day's coverage. Jeremy, it's the final countdown. <laughs> this is, is this the start of football season? I kind of think so. I think so. Well, yeah. it, it, it's the teaser before camp finally breaks in the fall, right? Yeah, yeah. But everybody's getting their ties straight. Everybody's getting rebounding from injury. The coaches are getting their talking points put together. It's like it's it's time. This is it. This is football season has begun. And this is also when we get to practice our interview skills, right? Oh, definitely. We've been practicing them all damn day. All todos dias, as they say in the Spanish-speaking world. If you think that, you know, we're just laying around eating bonbons or beignets as it is in New Orleans, drinking Cokes, just listening to people talk, no. Tibbs and I have been working our butts off to bring you the finest Sunbelt content there is known to man. Or the show. Or the show, yeah. The best that we can do with our limited abilities and our limited intelligence, we've brought together this show, and we're going to break it out for you. We kick off in the West with Arkansas State, Louisiana Lafayette, ULM, student-athletes, head coaches talking. But one thing that I want to discuss with you first and foremost there, Jeremy, is that preseason poll that came out. Okay. From the coaches where they discuss or they prognosticate who is going to win the West. Right. And we're focused just on the West since that is uh, where we're kicking off our coverage of Sunbelt leading up to opening day. No real surprise, honestly, that Troy Trojans get 10 first-place votes, and they are predicted to win the West. Sure. Four votes for South Alabama in second place, Cajuns third, Southern Miss fourth, Texas State, Arkansas State, and ULM. Any surprises in there that you saw? No, and here's why it's not surprising. I always feel like the coaches, I don't know if they work that hard on building a, a, a good poll for themselves. I think they see what happened last year. Rather than push, rather than rock the boat or create any sort of, of uh, controversy, they'll just go, how they finished last year, we'll put them kind of where they did. We'll put them there. So I, I never look at coaches' polls and say, well, I don't know if that's the definitive ranking. I do see a couple things that stand out to me. All right. 92 total points for Troy, 85 for South Alabama, Here's where it starts getting interesting. Third place, Cajuns. Fourth place, Southern Miss. Two-point difference. Yeah. Fifth place, Texas State. Sixth place, Arkansas State. Three-point difference. Yeah. And then there's ULM. Oh, they're, they're way down there. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, the only thing I, I really think, I, I do believe that South Alabama is still the team to beat in the West. Uh, I'm also a firm believer, though, of hell to the chief till the chief dies, then hell to the chief. Troy Troy is still the chief until somebody can dethrone them. So I think that that South Alabama-Troy matchup is is really big, not only for shaking out how the conference plays in the West, but also establishing that true front runner 
for the Sunbelt West division. Yeah, we talked to the Kane Womack. We talked to uh, John Sumrall about that. You know, I, I've ne- I know that you've always believed in that chief uh, mentality. I've never really been on that. I, I, I kind of look back and say, sometimes when you're the chief, it's because you've... you've <laughs> You've put it all out for that one magic season, and then a lot of stuff goes away. And that's kind of what happened to Troy. They've had a lot of pieces go away, especially on defense. Meanwhile, South Alabama seems to have gotten just stronger on defense, and defense seems to be where a lot of games are won in the Sun Belt West. I, I think we ended up picking South Alabama on our show. I'm still sticking with that. I'm sticking with it as well, and hopefully Kane Womack forgives me for selecting his Jaguars. Yeah, you probably put the voodoo on him, so we congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the voodoos will cancel each other out. So without further ado, we kick off our Sunbelt Conference West Division coverage with Arkansas State, their student athletes, and head coach Butch Jones, Raging Cajun head man Mike DeZormo and his student athletes, and of course, Jeremy flying solo, but getting the interview with Terry Bowden before we come back together for the student athletes of ULM. Coach Jones, you call it season two, because uh, the first season season zero for you. What do you expect out of season two? Well, very excited. I think we've had a really productive off season. You know, stemming back to the winter, heading into spring football, and now into the summer months. Um, we're still building our identity, but the culture, the mindset, the work capacity, completely different football team, uh, or a completely different looking football team. And, uh, you know, we build it methodically. We still have some, some uh, concerns, you know, some depth issues, some things in different spots. Uh, that we have to get corrected and, and addressed during training camp. But the key for us is can we play winning football at all nine positions? That's going to be the key. But in terms, we have more distributed leadership than we've ever had. Uh, you know, the players now are starting to own the program. So from a culture standpoint and a mentality standpoint, it's been great to see. Um, so, you know, you look at last year, we go back year zero or year one, however you want to refer to it. We were just fielding the football team. You know, we had to go on the portal. We had to use our allotment of, of scholarships. And then we made a really heavy commitment that we needed to build uh, our younger talent base in our program. So we had to have an influx of younger players. We're still a developmental program. So we stacked two top recruiting classes back to back. So that's been exciting to see. Matter of fact, we just tested our players and we had six true freshmen run over 21 miles an hour. <laughs> nice. So we all knew that we needed to improve our team speed. So we got a lot of positive things going on at Georgia. I don't think I can get my Subaru up to 21 miles per hour, let alone run 21 miles per hour. Coach, uh, Coach Butch Jones joins us from Arkansas State on the podcast. C- Coach, uh, of the position group, you talked about you, uh, depth and stuff about what is the one position group that has made the biggest uh, improvement over the spring and summer? Well, we'll find out when training camp hits, but I would say the offensive line. We've really invested in that. You know, we, we made a commitment through the high school ranks in the last two recruiting classes, but we needed to go find some individuals in the portal that could come in and compete right away and elevate our game, and I think we've been able to do that. Jacob Bayer is a center who's really changed our offense from Lamar and he's one of our leaders up front. So you know, we've really made a commitment there. So that's going to be a completely different unit, and then we're able to still have the luxury of continuing to grow and develop our young talent in the offensive front as well. 
you know, we don't have right now. We have the name of starting quarterback, but I like all three individuals. You jumped in front of me. I was going to be I knew, asking I who knew was, it was coming. <laughs> uh, but you know, we don't need to make that decision. I don't think you need to ever rush those things. It's going to happen when it happens. But we need all three individuals, whether it's Jackson, whether it's JT, or whether it's Jalen. We need all them to continue to improve and grow. And that's what I see is they're very highly competitive individuals with very, very strong character, and they respect each other, and they're pushing each other to get better each and every day. You know, Coach, you, you, you can talk about offense for the last couple of minutes, which is great. We need to know what's going on with the offense. But you brought two defensive guys, Justin Park and Malik Straker, to the uh, Sunbelt Media Days. I asked them, is, he, is Coach Jones making a statement? Are you making a statement saying defense well, is carrying the day here at Arkansas State? Here's what I learned over the course of time, is you're going to take individuals that have earned and deserve the right to represent your program. And very fitting that it's Malik and Justin because They've been through it. They've seen year zero, year one, and now year two. They can really tell you what it's like. But it was a hard decision. So that's when you know you're making progress as a program. Is you know Ethan Hassel is another one of those individuals like an ID defense that you could say deserved the right. Um, Keelan Thomas could have been an individual that represented us today. So there's a lot of individuals in that conversation piece of who they bring media day. So that's how you know you're getting better. Coach, when you look around the league, Red Wolves pick towards the bottom of the West. Is that kind of fair, knowing what you've done in the past, or do you feel that maybe it's one more year before the Red Wolves can really kind of make that leap? I think a lot of times it's based on what last year's team did. So I don't pay much attention to it. I think the, the more the interesting thing that you look at is I like to look at the preseason conference polls. And if you really look at it, it's dominated by players that are in the fourth, fifth, and sixth years of the program. So that kind of shows you exactly still where we're at in the hierarchy of building the program. We were the third youngest team in America last year. This year, we only have 12 seniors again. So it's exciting to be able to control, you know, be able to continue to grow and develop. But when you look at the all-conference teams, it's maturity and it's veteran players that comprise those teams. And you, you definitely got to have a circle that your specialist is, is right there leading the way. How great is that knowing that even if the offense fails, you're able to flip the field with a good punt, able to, if the offense fails, able to get that field goal off and everything else. I mean, how, how much relief is that? Well, it is. And, you know, it's a program philosophy that, you know, special teams is going to be an integral part of what we do. We need to continue to make that a competitive advantage. I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize this is uh, – when you look at all the composites of special teams, we finished number two in the country in all of college football. And uh, our players take great pride. Some statistic came out where we're top five in the country in special teams. Now everybody knows that. And you have to reprove yourself and reinvent yourself every single year. But to be able to have the specialists that we have is obviously a competitive advantage for us. And having the luxury of knowing that you have dominance about it, this range can go up to maybe 56, 57. Uh, that lends itself to a lot of things. I think you go back and, you know, fourth, going forward on fourth down is kind of like a new thing in football, it's a new trend in the athletics. But when you have a kicker as talented as Dominic, you have to really kind of refocus that and kind of, 
you know, play to the dynamics of the game week in, week out because we have that much. So you said you haven't mentioned the uh, name to quarterback yet, but you have three. Is there a potential you just put all three in the backfield and, and roll with it? <laughs> you never know. Yeah, uh, that three quarterbacks set, yeah. We can come up with something like that. But again, all three individuals have really done a good job of leadership, continue to really coach each other and really lead lead the offense and really start to lead the team. I think that's the biggest thing is whoever emerges, can they not only lead the offense, but can they also lead the team? We always talk about being a CEO quarterback, and that's all part of it. It's one thing to lead one side of the ball, but do you have the influence that you have over the entire program? Coach, you mentioned Jacob Bear. Uh, I think he's a transfer out of Lamar. Who are some other uh, newcomers to the team that you think that maybe uh, Tibbs and I should look out for as the season goes on? Well, if you stay in the theme of up front, Jalen Cunningham is a transfer from Ole Miss. He's about 365 pounds. He's a big guy. So, again, we're excited about him. Hamilton Hall at left tackle. That's another transfer from, from Ole Miss. Uh, that's really had a great productive offseason. Portland Jackson is a receiver from Syracuse that uh, has really good competitive character, good speed. Really, really excited about him. Um, you know, not an issue as poor class, which is Quest Cross. Yeah. Uh, has really had a really productive offseason. We're excited about him. So just the dynamics of a lot of individuals. Uh, Charles Willikis. And the middle linebackers really done a good job of stepping up. And then Gavin Potter, who's a transfer from Kansas, who started there last year. Uh, those individuals have made each other better as well. So I'm excited to see what Dave Hardy, transfer defensive tackle, can bring to the table as well. So again, we signed 15 uh, Portland individuals, 12 were here at mid-year. So that helped us to, and we only signed three, obviously, in the last Portland. Coach, I only have one last question for you. And it's probably the most important question that you'll be asked all season. You said you had guys run 21 miles per hour. You seem like you're in pretty good shape. Can you hit 21? No. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think, more like 20, 19? I tell you, it's, uh, it's been a unique uh, off-season, a great July. Uh, you know, 14 years of immediate days and you kind of get on the mental clock and body sure. it's on the time clock. But uh, last weekend, past weekend, we spent it in Knoxville, my oldest son, who coaches on our staff, got married. Oh, congratulations. So, uh, it's kind of been a whirlwind July for us. And, uh, but it's been exciting, but now it's time to get back to work and get this football team ready to go. To work towards that 21 miles an hour. Yeah, that's right. Thank that's you, Coach Butch right. Thank you, Head coach of the Raging Cajuns. Sunbelt legend Michael DeZormo joins us on Funbelt Podcast. Coach, you survived the you survived year one. How did that year go? And, and did you really check all the boxes that you wanted to uh, in that season? You know, I, I think, think it's hard, hard to ever say that, that you checked everything you wanted to. You know, uh, certainly there's a lot of things I'm proud of that we were able to do last year. Uh, you know, for our team. You know, you know, to, to see, see them rally, kind of went through that slide at the beginning of the year with, with, with a bunch of guys who truthfully have never lost a whole bunch of games. Uh, see, see them rally and come back and, uh, and, and find a way to get us to the postseason again. Uh, you know, I'm proud of a lot of those things. Uh, you know, we had some, some quarterback injuries and in and out, which is always a difficult thing to manage, and, and our team really did a good job with that. But 
you know, know, for, for me, me, I, I think, think the, the biggest thing is, thing is you know, when you, you don't have the year that you want, uh, wins and losses wise, you know, you, you got to go back and look in the mirror and go, so what, what, what can I do to help our team? Um, what are the things that I can do to, to, to get us back to where we all want to be? And so, you know, I mean, a lot of it sat down with our strength and conditioning coaches. You know, there's so much information that's at hand now with this. All this data, uh, the training data and things that you have, you know, I mean, workload, work capacity, volume, uh, you know, everything. Um, I mean, we kind of really hammered out a lot of that, and our strength staff's done a phenomenal job. And, you know, we made adjustments to our off-season program, uh, things that we thought fit this team better. You know, with a young team that we think is, is talented, um, you know, certainly we need to restructure the way we're doing the weight room and emphasize a little bit more on the strength development, maybe the, the speed training and stuff like that. Uh, so... Kind of, kind of went back, back to that, that and, and said, all right, well, our, our team, the identity of our team, you know, we, we want to be tough, we want to be physical, you know, we want to be all these things, but it's got to start the weight room. And it was, it was a good change for us, it's been really good for us. Uh, this this spring, spring, that's the time that you go back and, and you fix some things, you know, I mean, for the glaring issues to us or offensively, uh, you know, in the red area, they didn't score touchdowns at a high enough percentage. And then uh, certainly, you know, defensively, when you have chances to end the game in two minutes, um, you know, when you, you lose four one possession games, games um, you know, you, you kind of sit and look around and say, well, you know, touchdowns and, and, and getting that one key stop here, you know, those are the difference in those games. And, you know, then you're, you, you, then, then you do feel a lot better about the wins and losses from last year. So, you know, you, you sit down and you work really hard on those things and, uh, you know, find better ways, find things that you can do to put your kids in position to go out there and have success. And, uh, so, so I'm excited, excited about where we're at. I think, I think we've addressed those issues. Um, and we're, we're looking forward to getting back to it with this team in fall camp. Coach D, how, how difficult is it to replace a guy as scary as Andre Jones Jr.? That guy, that guy, he seemed like he was a monster every time I saw him on the field. How difficult is it to replace him? You know, it's, it's hard, hard to replace a lot of guys, guys one for one. Yeah. Um, you know, know and, 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 and the, the good thing about defense and, and our, our philosophy and the way that we play football is we believe in playing a lot of players. Um, and I don't think, you know, Andre or Zion Hill are guys that you maybe go one for one with. You know, I think you have to you have to do it with the sum of the parts. And, uh, so we've tried to develop our depth there on the defensive front. Um, and, and I think we've done a really good job of that. Uh, you know, we've got some talented players uh, that are coming back. And I think the depth is going to be what we need to kind of carry that load and really spread the load out a little bit. But, you know, the thing that Andre did, Andre made himself a really good player. Um, you know, from the day that he got here, football was always incredibly important to him. And he approached every single day. Like, like it was incredibly important to him. I mean, he practiced every practice rep he took was a game type rep. And, you know, the, the legacy when you have guys like that, that carries on from the guys that were behind them that watched him. And so, you know, if we could get that same intensity, that same effort, that same output every day by more guys, right, and you can spread the word of out a little bit, and then, and then that's how you overcome losing players like that, I think, by, uh, by creating more quality depth where, you know, you spread that out a little bit. I think everybody wants to be quarterback you, running back you. It seems like the ages have really become tight in you. I mean, you had Lumpkin last year that was great, phenomenal. You got uh, Neil Johnson this year, had a reception, at least one reception every game. How big is that position in your offense and what you're trying to do? Well, I, I think, you know, the way that our offense is designed, um, being able to throw a lot of run sets and 
and establishing the run is always important to us, and it always has and always will be. Um, but even last year, you know, where we didn't run as effectively as we wanted to, um, the pass game out of those sets, you have those types of players and those types of tight ends, they're, 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 they're matchup issues for other people. And, uh, you know, the tight end play is huge for us. You know, for a long time, it was really more about what they did in the run game. But last year, we knew that probably the strength of our offense was going to be our receiver room and tight end room. You know, the whole line lost time, and we had a lot of young guys that were coming back first time starters. Running back was kind of the same. You know, we still had Chris, but not nearly as many proven guys in that room. And then certainly at quarterback, you know, last year was just completely unknown for us. You know, who was going to step up and do it? So for us, using Neil and Johnny last year in more of vertical pass threat roles was something that we needed in that offense to provide some explosives, to get some chunk plays. And uh, this year is really, it's, it's no different in that we feel a lot better, better about the old line, line. certainly the quarterback play and running backs that played. But, but, you know, this year you've got a, a group of skill players on offense that have made plays for us. So you've got Neil, Peter Long, Jake Moore, Lance John. Those guys have, have made plays. Down the, some of them their whole career, some of them through the back stretch of last year. Those, Those guys, guys need to carry, carry the load while we have, have a young, talented group of skill players on offense. But, but you, you got to figure out who's ready, ready you know? know? And, and so, you know, yeah, yeah we, we expect Neil to carry, carry a big load for us, you know, along with those other skill guys uh, until, until we can figure out. You know, you got, you know, Terrence Carter is a really talented player in that tight end room. How ready is he this year? You know, you think he's ready, but, you know, with freshmen, you never really know until you know. So, receivers the same thing, Joe Robertson and Jake Johnson. You know, Rob Williams is a sophomore. So all those guys, like, you feel like, man, they got everything they need to go and be successful. Uh, but, but who is going to actually go do it? So, you know, you need those proven players to go out and play well early and carry the load until you kind of figure out who else fits in that mix. You have three quarterbacks really kind of in the mix there for that starting position. What have you seen kind of early on in, in these OTAs over the summer as you get ready to break fall camp? Well, you know, I think the thing about uh, – you know, you know, had, had been not going to know Vince and if, right? You know, if, 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 if man's a butt's all you want. But, uh, you know, Ben, ben had, had been not gotten hurt, there, there would be no, no, no controversy, you know, at all. Um, the, way the way that he played and what he meant to our team, he was really, really the catalyst for us, you know, you know starting, starting to win those games right in that middle back-end stretch. So the biggest issue is always going to be, you know, health-wise, where is he at? He was fully cleared last week. Um, so, so he's made his recovery back in eight months. months. Um, he, he looks great. great. He's, he's, the, the thing that sets him apart is his leadership. You know, he's an older, six-year senior. He's, he's been, been through all these things. things. You know, his, his leadership and his work ethic and his mental approach to it makes him a little different. Um, the, the thing that we've got to do is physically, you know, he's, he's cleared, he's, he's good. We've got to just make sure mentally he's, he's in the right space. Because that, that's, that's a big part of it. People don't understand when you go through trauma, trauma like that. It, it's, you know, there's, 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 there's a mental piece to that. that. Um, so it, it's really kind of been against Chandler or Zion, if that, that makes any sense at all. You know, uh, that, was that was a battle that we really wanted to happen this spring. And unfortunately, Chandler had to have an offseason, a non-football-related procedure done. But, but then, then Zion, who's an incredibly talented freshman, got, got to take, take every snap of spring. spring. So, so, you know, you know there's, 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 
I mean, I mean look, look, you can sit there and you can you focus, focus on, on the good, good or the bad. bad. I'm, I'm always going to focus on the things that are positive. So, so you got to see on a bunch of snaps and channel one games on the back end, and then certainly, you know, been the way he played, you know, you feel good about that. But it's really, it's been, and how ready has been, and, you know, if that guy's 100%, he, he's going to be hard for anyone on the roster to beat out just because the time he spent learning this offense, the detail in which he knows it, the work ethic, and his leadership, he's going to be hard to beat out if he's mentally and physically 100%. But if he's not, we've got to be ready, you know, and I mean, that's, that's part of it, you know. And, and we do have two guys that, that I'm confident in. So we're in a good situation there. With, with guys, guys that, that, that we know, know can play effectively for us. Last year, we had three guys, guys we hoped could play, play effectively, and uh, you know, so, so you're in a better spot than you know they can. After one year of being the coach, you know, it's sort of a different hat you have to wear when you're the head coach, right? What was the biggest lesson you learned at the, by the end of the season being head coach? The, the, the biggest, biggest lesson, lesson I learned was that, and, and, and everybody, everybody tells you this, and Coach Napier told me this, it's the same thing, thing and, and everybody says, and, and I knew this, but you know, I, I guess, guess I'm just a glutton for punishment. punishment. Uh, you you got to do it your way. way. And, and, uh, and, and you, you have, have to make the changes that, that, that you know your team needs. You can't do things just because you had success doing them before. You know, some of these off-season changes, some of these things I wanted to do last year, and and truthfully, I didn't because it was, well, you know, we had success doing it this way. Um, but every team is different. And, uh, and then for me, the big thing is I'm fully confident now in saying this is how we're going to do it. This is what you need to do. And last year, there was a little hesitation to do that. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is everything I've ever dreamed of. I've this opportunity to do this. And, we're going to do it the way that, that, that it needs to be done. We're going to make changes as they need to be made. And, you know, we tell our kids, you know, there's, there's no fear of failure. They just, just go and, like, do it. And, you know, sometimes as coaches, you've got to take your own coaching. Yeah. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing is, man, just make, make the change you know you need to make and, and roll with it. Coach Mike DeShormo, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate it. Hey, welcome to the Fun Belt Podcast. I'm joined by uh, two uh, two guys from Louisiana Cajuns, uh, No. Neil Johnson. Neil Johnson. Thank you. And Casey Osai, how are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm great. Now, have you ever done something like this? Uh, no, this is actually my first time at like a media day thing. First time at a media day thing? But you've been in front of cameras, yeah. right? Yeah. And is it always a pain in the butt? It gets easier. It gets easier as you do it more. I know that uh, it, it probably takes a little bit of uh, confidence yeah, to get up in front of the microphone. But what it on a bad day? Do you ever like have to get in front of the microphone after a loss? How is it like to get in front of the microphone no, after a loss? I actually haven't had to do that. Yet. What? I love that. I hope your streak continues <laughs> yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, you too? Uh, I think I, I think, think I might close the, the next day. day. After I leave the field, I, I'm, I'm back, back to my normal stuff, so I don't really take it to bring that to the camera. So, last season, uh, Cajuns picked by many to close out the Sunbelt West. Kind of like the Cajuns have been doing year after yeah. year for a long time. Had a little bit of a step back. Are the Cajuns back for 2023? Absolutely. Alright, alright. A lot of confidence there. Yeah. So where's the improvements been made? Where do you think it has been made? Uh, I feel like uh, just a small thing. I feel like a lot of games last year we were really beating ourselves in uh, certain games, like one uh, position games and stuff like that. We were just 
a lot of things that we could have controlled that we didn't really control too well. So I feel like uh, this summer and this past spring and things like that, we've been really honing in on those small things, things like that. Really, our uh, competitiveness is at an all-time high right now. We uh, all get each other better at practice daily. So we're definitely going to be a whole other team running out on that field. You know, Coach D mentioned uh, paying more attention in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Less about speed, although speed's always important, and more about strength. Have you seen that difference? Absolutely. Yeah, we spent a lot of time in June, usually in June, July, we out there running, doing drills. In June, we spent more time in the weight get a little stronger. So I've, I've definitely seen a lot of people How's that Lafayette heat this year? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's like the hottest summer I've been a part of, man. I know. It's that humidity that's man. even worse. How do you start sweating? Yeah, how do you maintain your weight? <laughs> you got to eat. You got to eat. You got to get your water in. So uh, let's just talk about uh, uh, non-conference. Is there a game that you guys are looking forward to more than anything else uh, in the Non-conference, uh, definitely Minnesota, just because this is great opportunity out there on the field just to go against a bigger conference and really go out there and show that, you know what I'm saying, somebody's not not really too far from anybody else or we're not we're really just like everybody else and we're really excited to show that. And if you have to go somewhere in the summer, it might as well be Minnesota. Yeah, it? for sure. <laughs> I tell you, though, the mosquitoes there are just as bad. I don't know why. Something about Minnesota is just... Well, gentlemen, it looks like we're starting off the conference, so I am going to let you guys go. Thank you very much for joining us, Neil. Thank you very much. Hey, no, no, I got to admit, it's odd to have a guy that's never played Sunbelt football at Sunbelt Media Days. How did you react when Coach Bowden comes to you going, hey, let's hop in the car and go to New Orleans? I think I... I think I reacted. It was surprising, you know. I was uh, initially I was very blessed, you know. I give all glory and thanks to God. I think you know He opens doors sometimes that ain't meant to be open, and He makes ways for where ways aren't made to be made. And you know, I just give thanks to God, and I just give thanks to Coach Bodden, uh, Coach Vic, Coach Vic Cohen, and Coach Cody Grace. Uh, you know, they got a belief and trust and faith in me. Uh, not only, even though I haven't stepped foot on the football field yet, I feel like they've seen what I've done in the weight room, in the classroom, and just as a human, just not even, without football, just me as a human, that they felt like they could bring me in and I could, you know, represent this university in a positive and, and, and good way. You know, they always, uh, President Dr. Barry always says the best is on the bayou and all that. Maybe on the academic side, athletic side, it's, it's definitely been a little bit of a struggle here lately. What have you seen in these OTAs as y'all get ready for this season to try to improve on that 4 and record? I think one thing I've seen is I think well, we have a great we have a great deal of we have great individuals. We have good individuals, but it's about us being good as a team. Let's put those as I like to say an example. If you have a target, we have 11 arrow, 11 archers, and they all spread out. Some may hit and some may miss a target, but if we bring them all together, we aim right at the mark, we all gonna hit it. So just trying to get all 11 guys on. Even if it's, you know, 11 guys on the same, the court is in on the same plane, and just let's play with that aggression, as I say, you know, dare to be great. You gotta dominate, attack, be relentless, and have outstanding effort uh, to dominate in order to win football games. So that's what we plan to do in, in attack. You mentioned defensive coordinator Vic Cohen and really being a, a guy you kind of look up to. That defense last year was really the world. It's kind of saving the grace that, that really kept them in a lot of games. 
How can that defense improve this year, especially on the defensive line? I think a lot of things, you know, as you say, improvement wise. I know, I know, uh, you know, the defense was pretty good. I say it was good, good moments in the defense. I don't think, I think, you know, if we talk about numbers, well, I'm a big number person. 110 in total defense last year in the nation. I think, you know, there was good points, but I don't think that's where anybody wants to be in the bottom half of college football the defense or the year prior, 111. I think just some of those things saying, okay, you know, sometimes I try to uh, reiterate is if we want to do that again, let's just keep doing the things we're doing. And if we don't, let's break these bad habits and these negative things that we've been doing and try to improve. So some of our goals is, you know, we want to be a top 50 defense in the nation. So how do we do that? We do that by having 15 to 20 interceptions for the season. So that's 1.15 through 1.53 interceptions per game, 35 through 40 sacks for the year. So that's 2.69 through 3 sacks per game and having uh, limiting our opponent to 330 yards per game and 4.75 yards per play. So that's kind of some things we try to uh, iterate and just understanding those numbers. Okay, if you want to talk about improvement, Improvement is 2021 through 2022. Yeah, but you want up one spot. So we're trying to make a huge leap of 60 spots. So it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of uh, hard work. It takes a, hard, a lot of determination and a willingness to change. Jeremy, you noticed the man has a book. I did. Dropping truth. I, I, I imagine it's full of uh, wacky Terry Bowden quotes, too. <laughs> he, he would never have those. <laughs> Maybe some blackmail material? Probably that. <laughs> Something to get him out of practice. <laughs> Aiden, can't thank you enough for your time here. Sunday is looking forward to seeing what the Warhawks can do this upcoming 2023 season. Thank you for having me. Jara Wright, quarterback for the ULM Warhawks, joins us on Fundup Podcast. Jaira, you take over for Chandler Rogers, a guy that was really probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the Sunbelt Conference. How do you kind of follow those footsteps and, and really work to improve that offensive game? Well, Chandler and I came in at the same time at uh, 21, so you know, we kind of bounced off each other as far as uh, uh, you know, athletic ability and quarterback ability. Um, I know Terry Bowden has uh, compared us in the past. Um, he's certainly a great quarterback, and I, I wish him the best at North, uh, North Texas. Um, but just going forward, you know, being able to build off of Coach Kubik's offense, you know, I know Chandler and Coach Kubik went back, uh, they knew each other prior to uh, being reunited at ULM, but just being able to continue uh, my experience with his offense has been huge as far as just, you know, developing, being on the same page as him, uh, being able to understand what kind of play calls he wants to make. And then also just kind of um, expanding, you know, my knowledge of the offense on to, you know, the other positions. Because, I mean, the best way to uh, tell if you know something is if you're able to teach it. So just kind of being able to go out there and teach the younger guys, especially the new quarterbacks. Um, I'm really excited to be working with them. I think uh, the new guys we've got, are, they're really quality guys, quality quarterbacks. And, and, you know, I'm just I'm thankful to be able to uh, go into, you know, Malone Stadium every day and, Work out with uh, you know, all my teammates and still the chemistry. Now, Channel Rogers taking off, going to the main three. How how is your style of play different than his? Yeah, like I said earlier, um, Coach Bowden has uh, compared us in the past. But one thing I've always uh, kind of considered myself as a quarterback um, that when I do roll out of the pocket, I'm looking downfield to get those explosive plays. Cause, I mean, you see Patrick Mahomes do it. You see it all over football, whether it's you know high school, college, 
NFL wherever, that ability to escape the pocket and, you know, those DBs, you know, they don't know what to do. It, it puts some pressure on them. Do they want to attack a quarterback that's mobile, um, as I am, or do they want to, you know, stay in coverage? So it's, you know, either way, you know, hopefully I'm able to take advantage of that. And uh, my goal is, you know, I, I do enjoy running the ball, certainly, but my goal is to put in the guys who, you know, like Tyrone Howell, you know, just those guys who can go and make a play. And then after that, I mean, my, my favorite part of running is when I don't have the football, when I'm chasing after the guys, you know, going to celebrate with them scoring. So, so you mentioned Tyrone Howell, great offensive threat. But you get a little bit of reprieve of having to really be a one-dimensional team with some great running backs. That is Franklin coming in, Willard uh, at the fullback position, probably going to be a little bit of a hybrid there. How great is that, knowing that it's not just on me, so to say, of, of i got to be a great passer. We can be a two-dimensional team. Yeah, we're definitely a multi-dimensional now when it comes to that. Um, with this new, these two new guys um, uh, transferring in, just the size. Um, and like the, just the power they run with, it's exciting to watch. You know, we, we see Frank Ward Jr. for Southern Miss uh, punishing defenses, and I think we've got some guys that can do just that on our team. Uh, and not to you know diminish uh, Hunter Smith or Ben Galloway or Charlie Norman, uh, all guys who have been in the system for a while, they can they can roll too. Um, some more elusive, some more powerful backs, but uh, I think they all have a place in this offense where they can play definitely. What do you see as maybe a one area that the Warhawks are still kind of maybe iffy going into the fall camp? Mm -hmm. um, as far as offense, um, I would say just being precise in uh, what Coach Cooper has to tell us. You know, if the route's 15 yards, um, we, need to get, we need to get 15. If the quarterback needs to do a certain route, uh, just being more precise and um, really making sure we get the small things right. Um, but I think with uh, the offense we've got going and just all the work we've done this, in the summer, I think we've gotten really close to uh, getting to uh, uh, being able to operate the offense like how fresh we want to. Countdown's on for, for the Army game. Is that the, the biggest game that y'all really have circled to kind of set the tone for the season? Yeah, I mean, first game at, at Malone, you know, featuring you know, um, the Army. Uh, the Army for the United States is pretty, pretty cool to have them in our stadium in Malone, um, in Monroe. So, uh, you know, we did play them last year. Uh, they definitely got the better of us last year, but I'm excited for, for them to come down to, uh, you know, Malone, uh, come down to the swamp, if you will, uh, the bayou, and uh, I'm, just, I'm looking forward to September 2nd. You know, I would personally apologize for last year's result of the game because when I turned it on, you guys were winning. <laughs> and then I watched the rest and you had a flip. So yeah. it's, it's my fault. So. Well, I'm not going to put anything on this year, but Thank maybe you. just don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep the channel off. I'll turn on something else. No NFL Network for you. No NFL Network for me. All right. Well, we thank you, Jair, for your time. You, and I uh, look forward to seeing you this upcoming season. Thank you.